meeting is being recorded. Whoa, that was loud. Okay, welcome into the Degress Podcast, episode 14, Danny Green, Carolina edition. A lot of things happening over the weekend. NCAA tournaments off and running. Sweet 16 kick games kick off on Thursday. A lot of recap uh, recap the weekend of games that were. A lot of good ones to talk about. A lot of some upsets. Uh, we might have our own very special, our specific, probably the most famous Cinderella to date that I can remember. Uh, big moves happening in the NFL. Deshaun Watson trade. Matt Ryan today was traded to the Colts. Devontae Adams is going to be a Raider. Uh, and the Twins signed Carlos Correa. So to help break break everything all down, I brought in the biggest sport Minnesota sports fan, whether it's Gophers, Vikings, Twins, Wolves, you name it. Recurring guest making his second appearance on the Degress podcast, the pride of Wilmer, Minnesota, Ethan Price. Hey, hey, we're back. Let's talk some Twins baseball. Yeah, so Twins have a shortstop. Obviously, uh, dropped late Friday night. They signed Carlos Correa to a three-year, $105 million contract. Uh, still hoping they can get some uh, pitching, obviously, if they want to make a run because as much offense as I think they're going to be able to generate with the weapons they have, uh, it's not going to matter if they pitching gives up eight runs. But obviously, I like the direction they're going. Uh, what do you think of this Correa signing? Um, I think it's pretty legendary. The buzz here is just unbelievable right now. Um, I mean, who would have thought the twins would be signing the highest paid middle middle infielder to ever play in baseball? Like that's just kind of mind blowing when you think about it, how cheap we've been for the longest time. And now we do this, which it is essentially a, a one year deal with the opt out after the first year. And he'll go cash in probably at a bigger place next year. But um, just living in the living in the moment, it's probably the coolest weekend I can remember being a twins fan in a long time yeah well ethan actually sent me a video of him banging on trash cans with excitement so uh yeah obviously <laughs> it's a big signing hopefully it works out hopefully that the twins have a good season where they are able to not have to worry about trading him at the deadline which that opt-out is i mean it helps with the team deal uh, and it can help with for the player uh as far as that goes but yeah I'm, I'm excited to see hopefully they're like i said able to land some pitching uh sounds like they're negotiating with cueto so obviously he would yeah. be a nice addition and still got to find ways to fix up that four five. but yeah that sounds like they're also in talks with uh the a's on either manea or montis i mean both of those guys would be your tier tier one pitcher there your a swept with sunny gray just one two nice punch uh, he had Joe Ryan. He had a good end of the year last year. Hopefully he can keep it going and even barely over. He looked solid last year. First first uh, action spring training looked really solid. So, I mean, they have they have some people. We'll just have to see if it comes together. And like you said, Cueto, innings eater, probably can get you 120, 130 innings. I mean, that's really all they need. And then who knows, maybe Maeda comes back later in the year and then he can uh, give him some, some few innings at the end there if he can recover from Tommy John in time. Yeah, for sure. And I, I do think it's interesting the way the A's are going about this, uh, their season, because Holy it feels God, like the CBA, up. the new CBA kind of basically did their best to eliminate tanking, yet the A's are still going full in on a tank. 
Well, it's not even a question. I don't think I've ever seen a team sell like this. Like this is just any player with a pulse that could get anything for it. It seems like they're trading them away. Like I can't even imagine trying to be a A's fan right now. Like I know there aren't very many, but. Yeah, that's true. It, well, it's funny because it wouldn't be shocking if at the all-star break, they are, you know, hanging around that top of the AL West just because they somehow find ways to win it seems like that's always it's, it's, yeah money ball is like a thing there but honestly if they don't have at least 15 of the top 100 prospects by the end of the year like i don't even under like, i don't even know how like they've made so many stinking trades recently and it's going to take a haul to get montis from from them but at this point you you traded for sunny gray you traded your first round pick last year you signed probably the best free agent in five years if we're th- price, I don't even, I don't, even, I don't even know since the last one. Maybe JD Martinez, maybe, but uh, um, you signed, you signed Korea. You have to go all in at this point. You can't. You gave Buxton the extension. I get that. You got to just give up the prospects for once. You can. We have a deep system. We're a top five system. Just get rid of the prospects and actually make a run at it this year. Yeah, exactly. It's at some point because I mean we've been hearing for the last twenty years how how great this farm system is. Yet never see anything up in the show but maybe this is the year they turn it around i don't know we'll see we'll keep moving there were some big things happening in the nfl this uh weekend friday news dropped sean watson was traded for three third first round picks a third in 2023 and then a uh a fourth in 2024 uh signed a new contract 230 million fully guaranteed he's only going to be making a million this year which basically protected him if he has to be suspended for the 22 civil lawsuits he has uh, pending against him. We'll see what happens there. But obviously the Texans, uh, uh, they got what they wanted in the three first-round picks. Interesting to see what they do with it. And the Browns decided to move on from Baker Mayfield, which Baker, I think Cleveland was a little harsh on him. Obviously it didn't go quite as planned. But at the end of the day, look at where they were before he got there. He got him to the playoffs. Last year, he was battled through a lot of injuries. You had to think that had something to do with his lack of uh, production. He's obviously probably going to be moving on. And the Browns have made quite a splash in the uh, ever-competitive AFC North. Uh, we'll see how that works out. Uh, obviously, got to go up against Joe Burrow def- and defending AFC champions. And then, you know, the Ravens are going to come back with a vengeance after battling injuries. Uh, what do you think of the Watson trade? Um, I love it for, for Watson and for the Browns, uh, I guess, depending on if he can play or not, I guess was just to be determined. But uh, he's never played on behind a line like this. He's put up stupid stats in Houston with just basically Charmin toilet paper for the offensive line. Like he gets to Cleveland. This is probably the best line he's ever going to play behind. You have your two running backs. Just traded for Cooper. Um, I don't. Th- I think. I think Hooper signed some of it. They got in Joku. I mean, the weapons there are just insane. Yeah, and they, they still have Chubb, Hunt. It's yeah, and they improved. Landry's their- looking at being re-signed. They got the good. They got a good defense. I mean, literally everything is there for them to have a pretty special year if if he can play. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see this the way this AFC plays out because. There are so many top-tier quarterbacks. Now you got Matt Ryan over there on the cold. Yep, yep, and yeah, we'll just transition over to that. Today it was announced that Matt Ryan was traded to the Colts for a third-rounder in this year's draft. 
Colts moved on from Carson Wentz, who's going to play for the Commanders of Washington. And I'm interested to see this feels a lot like that Phillip Rivers signing, but just not as much of a, a, I think the biggest issue with Carson is, is Carson just seemed to make the mistake at the wrong time where Ryan, he'll, he'll make some mistakes, but he's a little bit more steady. You haven't heard about the issues in the locker room that you have with Carson. Fair or not, they're out there. So obviously I think Ryan brings that steady leadership. He's a former MVP. He's played in a Super Bowl, was a 28-3 game away, a 25-point lead away from winning it. And, yeah, I they they have the roster. Uh, they, I think they still – they're missing a receiver too. But the O-line is as good as you can get in the NFL. And uh, Jonathan Taylor was an MVP candidate last year. Yeah. So, I mean, you even look at his year I mean, at Atlanta last year. He, he didn't have a whole lot around him. I mean, Cordero Patterson was his best at, like best – weapon and that's that's saying something not nothing against Patterson but I mean he's not a he's not a wide receiver one he's not a running back one either but he had a heck of a year for he had them in playoff contention about three quarters away through the year which is pretty pretty dang impressive yeah it would they were they were like the most the quietest I think they finished nine and eight or eight and nine I can't remember yeah, they were right around 500 they, they were, were right and, with the Saints. and nobody talked about them all year so no I mean, nobody, Ryan still's nobody. got plenty of years left with him and in him, I should say, and yeah. be interested to see because I think that this the that move with the Colts that makes rock they have the best quarterback in the uh, AFC South now. Uh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Trevor Lawrence is still he's going into his second year, but I think Tannehill's a question mark. Yep. Yeah, and as far as just the Man, model, who knows what the heck Houston's doing? Uh, who knows what Houston's doing? Yeah, and I think they want to ride it out with Davis Mills. He did show a lot of promise and. Uh, on a very poor year. roster so yeah. yeah interesting to see it's it's a winnable division for sure and and the key for the Colts is, is they got to get out to a hot start they can't fall behind they can't lose three of their first four like they have in the previous mm-hmm. years they got to find ways to get out to a good start where they're not reeling or and then comes down to a game in Jacksonville where they've struggled in the past and then they lay an egg and they don't make the playoffs and yeah, were made. and the Colts don't have a first-round pick, correct? Because they traded it for Carson last year. Yes, because of yeah, whatever the um, the he played so many snaps or whatever that yep. rule. Yeah, yep. yeah. But uh, I'm not saying they have to draft a receiver, but there's going to be a lot of good receivers at the top around too that they should probably target because Paris Campbell can't stay healthy. T.Y. Hilton, he's just, same he's thing. Old. Yeah, he's uh, just getting old, and honestly, I don't even know what they have after that. Pittman, they got Pittman, the receiver. From Pittman's, USC. Yeah, Pittman's a good receiver. They do. He's and good. He's young. I think they need to go get another one. They they need a yeah. tight end. Jack Doyle retired as well. So, who knows? Maybe Williams from Bama falls in the second round after his ACL. I think it'd be crazy, but I mean, it's possible. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we'll uh, go out to Sin City, where the uh, Las Vegas Raiders acquired Devontae Adams, who's going to be paired back with his college quarterback, Derek Carr, uh, with the ever-improving, extremely talented AFC West. Uh, Raiders traded him for a first and a second round in this year's draft. And then he also signed a five-year, $140 million contract extension, making him the highest-paid receiver in the NFL. So I know Ethan, the Vikings fan, is not, going to lose any sleep over not having to face him in 
anymore. The only sleep I'm going to lose now is to look at Je- Justin Jefferson's contract in like two years. Cause that's going to be <laughs> insane. Yeah, it will. It, it'll be well-deserved, uh, you know, and the yeah, way they're absolutely. And hopefully they can keep him and go from there. But it mean, sounds like uh, everybody and Grant and I, we talked about it on last week's podcast. We said, yeah, there's, there's no way Adams leaves, but Packers sounds like they were able to move some money around and sign a, uh, offer him a contract that was more than the Raiders. But I think in hmm. the end, it sounds like Devontae just wanted to move on. All right. Interesting. I had not heard that. So that's, that's new to me, but man, you kind of got to feel bad for Grant. This, the AFC West was already just a, a, a grunt of a schedule. Grinder, now, like, yeah. Holy cow. It's just a whole different level after this off season. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a division. Every team could honestly have a shot at the Super Bowl almost. Yeah. yeah well, we talked about it is it, I wouldn't be shocked if all four teams make the playoffs. It's no first time it could ever happen, but yeah, I, my gut says it doesn't, but I wouldn't be shocked just because I think at some point, I think the Chiefs are still 1A, and then it's 2, 3, 4. There's still a good yeah. distance between them. Mm-hmm. But It's almost like they're, they're going to throw too many haymakers on each other in the division for all four to beat each other. You'd have yeah, to beat absolutely. up on every other division that you play. Yep, exactly. And yeah, what what's their crossover one this year with the NFC? What division do they what divisions do they play? Ooh, and they play the NFC West, I believe. Yeah. I want to oh, say wow. it's the so NFC another, West, so. Yeah, that's another pretty got Niners, Rams and Cardinals and yeah. then the Seahawks obviously are not going to be anything special unless something something happens over there, but I don't see them being anything more than 5 wins tops. Yeah, and uh we'll switch over to uh the main portion of this podcast of what we want to talk about the NCA tournament off and running. We had a first, first two rounds this week, had some great games, great matchups, exciting. And it just feels great to be back. Ethan, can you imagine somebody that doesn't like college basketball? Oh man, I would feel so terrible for them. Like that would just be one of the most boring lives you could ever have. It was, it, it was crazy. Cause it just, and we, there's one gripe that I have. And I, we were sharing it in our group chat last night. But the, the frustrating part is, is they can't just do these one game at, well, Penn Mountain. And then it's just one after another. And then they have a bunch oh, yeah. at the end. They should just front load it and then have one game start. Like, there is zero reason a game. Yeah. And I don't care that it's in San Diego. But there is zero reason that a game should be starting at 10 o'clock Eastern time on a Sunday night. Zero yep. reason. Yep. No it's reason. Like, yep. Yes. Just like the Gonzaga um, TCU game last night. Like, holy Arizona, cow. yeah. There was, yeah, Arizona, my bad. Arizona, TCU. Yeah, that was just yeah. – that was late. But speaking of Gonzaga, we will start – we'll start breaking it down. Uh, games in the West region. Uh, Sweet, Sweet 16 is set there. It's Gonzaga, Arkansas in the first game on Thursday at uh, 5. And then Texas Tech, Duke. Uh, about at 739 but we'll start we'll just go through each game and then uh go from there uh so first game in that region gonzaga georgia state there gonzaga one versus 16 there wasn't a whole lot to see i didn't even watch any of the game georgia state hung around a while and then uh okay gonzaga kind of turned it on about halfway through the second three quarters or probably about a quarter way through the second half and beat them by about 30 but no at halftime it was probably five six point game yeah, I, okay, that that does sound ring a bell. And then 
Moving yeah. on, we'll go the eight nine game in the West region. Memphis, Boise State. Memphis felt like they were in control. I think they got up by twenty at one point. They were kicking their butt in the first half. Yeah, and uh, Memphis was able to hold off a late Boise State rally advance, which set up a great second round game. We'll get into a little bit later, mm-hmm. and then. UConn, New Mexico State in the 5-12 matchup. New Mexico State won 70-63. UConn's inability to score, which has haunted them all year, came back to bite them. And the Teddy Allen show, 37 points, carried them to a victory almost. Well, yeah, he did score over half their points. He did. That just really propelled them. That was just a special March performance that – that's going to go on one shining moment. You can bet. He had a a deep three-pointer, then the steal in – driving the entire floor with in one layup at the end of basically seal it. Well, oof. That was, that was pretty dope. Yes. And then uh, going to the four thirteen matchup, Arkansas versus Vermont. And that was, that was a great game. I knew yeah. that was one when the bracket came out. I know both you and I both circled that as that, that could be a 13, yeah. four matchup. I'm I rode the must bus. I believe you did too. I did and, too. Yep. Yep. Uh, it was, it was a great game. And uh, Vermont was a veteran team. Uh, they won the, their conference in 20 when you weren't – They uh, it was canceled, obviously, due to COVID. Mm-hmm. And uh, Amude from Arkansas scored 21. J.D. Note had 17, all of them in the second half. Uh, I think that ended up being the difference where they just weren't able to keep Note in check for, uh, for at least a half. And yeah. He showed up when he had to, and Arkansas yeah. got the stops. But, yeah. Arkansas was a, got the uh... – they did get a little bit of a, a call at the end there that looked like it was out of bounds off Arkansas, yes. but then they never overturned it. But yeah, I mean, not saying Vermont would have scored or anything, but it, it, it that's March. I mean, one one call can change the entire game. So yeah, for sure. And then going into the six eleven game, Alabama versus Notre Dame, and and Notre Dame was hot. And no, yeah, it, Notre Dame oh. was in control that whole game, and. I Notre Dame is just a team you do not want to play in March because even, even Mike Bray always game, has them going. Even before this game, the Rutgers Notre Dame game, the double OT. Yeah, I mean that was well, and then it crashed over in over into the next day, and that was St. Patty's Day, and Notre mm-hmm. Dame St. Uh, Notre Dame on St. Patty's Day. You, yeah, you're not gonna just, lose. You're not. You, you better just hope hope something St. Patrick the, was mad. If you at. lose on St. Patrick's Day, cut the program. Like, it's just, that'd be embarrassing. That's true. But like I said, you can't talk enough about how good of a job Mike Ray has done consistently. Yeah. They they never seem to have a great regular season, but they just find ways to sneak in in March mm-hmm. and just, they hang around, they make just muck games up, make it ugly, and they just somehow find ways in spots to, they're either winning or they end up just a little short. Yeah. Yep. Good program. Yeah. Uh, Texas, Texas Tech, Tech Montana, Montana State in a three-four matchup. That one was over within at the Real start. Uh, Ninety-seven, sixty-two. Texas Tech. They're rolling on. Seven-ten uh, matchup was another good game. Michigan State really Davidson. It was a seventy-four-seventy-three. Uh, uh, Michigan State win. It was a it was a rock fight. And Davidson was. Felt like they were actually in control for a good portion of the game. And then Michigan State went on a late 16-3 run uh, over a six-minute stretch, and that just kind of propelled them over. And uh, Joey, they were led by Joey Hauser at 27 that game and uh, able to move on. Uh, Izzo magic continues. Yeah. 
that one really just felt like Davidson couldn't make that one big play that would have turned the game. Like it kept yep. feeling like they're going to do it, going to do it. And then they just couldn't flip that switch. And honestly, it's probably Tom Izzo. Like, yeah, the dude's a genius. Like he is. It's well, and, and it, it'll show in the next game that we're going to get into next. Yeah. But uh, when we talk about them, uh, Duke, Cal State, Fullerton, Duke, just Duke just seemed like they did what they had to do. Uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't play I don't think they played great by any means, but no, they did enough no. and just kind of overpowered a less talented Cal State Fullerton team. So we will move into the round of 32 in the West region. Gonzaga, and we'll start with Gonzaga Memphis. Cool. Oh, what a game. This Rock fight. Probably my favorite game of the weekend, honestly. The okay. talent level in this game was just off the charts. Yeah. It was and insane. Gonzaga down 10 and Drew Timmy's. You know, he was doing his best to not swear, and he he uh, he, oh. he got him going at halftime. He came out just on fire and a man possessed. Yeah. Just What did he score, like their first 11 or 13 out of the It was the something game. like that. And yeah. then there was the one that I remember because I was there was a game going on before that I just switched over to it, and it was clock shot, shot clock running down. He was backing the guy down, just a little dirt move, turn around, fade away, just off the back, off the high part of the backboard in – and then that yeah. was when uh, Memphis calls timeout, and uh, you could just see Timmy just firing and still oh, firing everybody. He was on up. a different level. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was crazy. And uh, the big issue going in for the Zags going into the Sweet 16, they uh, the free throws were not good this game. They struggled to make no. free throws. Uh, outside of Nebhart, they were yep. they were pretty yeah. He, outside of Timmy. Um, Nebhard really carried him offensively. Uh, Shet Holmgren probably projected possible, well, lottery pick, probably top yeah, five for sure. Top five, yeah, for sure. Um, he didn't have a, his best offensive game, but well, defensively, points, yeah, he only had nine. And I mean, the guy is skinny, but the guy knows how to play defense. He was good. He, I mean, he had some timing is just yep. ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, obviously you know him well. Uh, growing up, he's a mini Minnesota kid, and Grew up yeah, in the city. A he's a yeah, he's a great player. He's a unicorn. Move on. That's what he is. But we also need to talk about the great job Penny did because that one there was a stretch in the season they were nine and eight, and he yeah got just getting roasted by the media and he freaked out on him and said you know this my program we're gonna find a we're gonna flip this around this is on me, and ever since then they were playing good and it was it was a team I don't think anybody wants to play outside of Gonzaga. No. That's that you're, ugh, man. They they would have the, the nine seeds won. this they year were the probably 16. the best nine seeds we've seen in a long, long time. Yeah, I well, all but one nine seed moved on in this tournament. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. it was, and the team that didn't they lost to a team playing in the Sweet Sixteen. But yeah, we will. Uh, we'll get that a bit. Yeah, and then New Mexico, Arkansas. Uh, that was ugly. You know, it 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 was kind of it felt like. Arkansas was in control most of that game. They did a really good job on Teddy Allen. He only he scored 18 points, but it was on five of 16 shooting. I was gonna say I didn't know how many shots he took, but I knew he didn't shoot well. Yeah, he was five of 16. Um, and it was uh, uh, Tony did a really good job of defending him and uh, just just a complete turnaround. Obviously, yeah, Arkansas uh, is a really really good defensive team. Yeah, and I didn't really – I, I only watched the one game when they played Tennessee in Knoxville, and I just – for yeah, some, whatever just reason, they just weren't 
great defensively, and I kind of yeah. had that vision in my head. But, yeah, I mean, to hold a team to 48 points and with an explosive score like Allen, that's – you've got to tap your uh, – yeah. Give them, it was impressive. Tip your cap to them, and they're going to need it again going up against Gonzaga in the Sweet 16. And yep. uh, that's going to bring us to the uh, Notre Dame-Texas Tech game. Just a – it felt like a football game. It was just yeah. physical, Tough. back and forth, just defensive battle. Kevin O'Banner, the Oral Roberts transfer, showed up big, 15-15. and 15. He hit the big free throws late that put him up, and then Texas Tech was just able to get stops. Notre Dame just didn't quite have the scoring to no. – and I mean, it was the officiating this tournament's not been great, which we can questionable at best. Let's just go with that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few of them we'll talk about. And then the uh, final game in this West bracket for the uh, second round was a uh, blue blood matchup of Michigan state Duke. I had Michigan state winning. I thought this felt like one of those classic Izzo March teams, whether it was uh, 15 when they made the final four yeah. or uh, 10, when, you know, they just kind of limped into the tournament and then – They had a terrible last month of the year. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they had that big win against Purdue. But other than that, yeah, they just kind of limped in. and. Yeah. But – I get, didn't get to watch much of this one. I just – I kind of saw the final score. I saw Michigan State went on a run late to kind of tighten did. it up. That was they really They got up by it. five with about three minutes left. And then Roach just kind of was a Roach. Uh, Panchero had, was big. And Duke – it was just a case that Duke just ended up having better players in their ISO ball, mm-hmm. which that's really all they have. I think Michigan state played better as a team. Um, I can't think of the guy's name right now, but um, it was, uh, yeah, now that's really bugging me, but which number is he? Uh, he hit the big threes. I can't think of his name now. Griffin, twenty one. Oh, Michigan State. Oh, yeah. Gabe Brown, maybe. I don't know. I yeah. Brown didn't. Brown yeah. hit some big threes, and uh, kept them in. And it was just Hogard. Of- maybe he, he had a really good first round. Number eleven, Hogard, the point guard. He had a really really good game versus Davidson. No, um, let me look here. But it was yeah. And if the game was thirty seven minutes, Michigan State would have won. And I was feeling really good when they went up five. I'm like, yes, I'm gonna get it. But yep. the Coach K farewell tour lives on Continues. to see another week. Unfortunately. So, yeah. Yeah, it was Gabe Brown who went. He went four or six from three. Yeah, he's, and, he really picked it up this year. And that's going to bring us to the Sweet 16 games here in the West region. They're going to be played out in San Francisco. Uh, the first game in that region is going to be Gonzaga, Arkansas. Gonzaga is the nine-and-a-half-point favorite. The total for the game is – 154 and a half games going to be played at 509 Mountain, 6 Central. Okay. Uh, what are your initial thoughts here? Um, Arkansas is going to need that defense, like you mentioned. Um, they kept, in that Memphis Gonzaga game, they kept mentioning how just explosive Gonzaga was. And, and holy cow, are they ever. They get that ball and they go. Like they don't waste a second. They are, Nebhart pushes it, or the, I can't remember who their other guard is, but. They're all just sprinting. Like, it's insane. Yeah. Chad Holmgren's running the floor. Drew Timmy's running the floor. Like, just athleticism everywhere. Everywhere. Arkansas better be be ready to run. Or yeah, else they're it's going to be a fast-paced game. I, Arkansas likes that tempo, though, too. They do. Uh, they do. I, I expect this game. I think this game is going to be high-scoring. Yep. Uh, it's going to be important. Gonzaga, or Arkansas has got to find ways to box out. 
get uh, a lot of bodies on Timmy and Timmy and Holmgren, and that's going to be the big way. And and they they got to hit shots. Uh, Arkansas, yep. can, uh, they they've struggled. They've been hit or miss out from outside shots. They've got to get contributions from those guys, and that's that's I think the only way they move on. And I don't think it's enough. I think Gonzaga moves on and the must bus runs out of gas here in San Francisco. Yeah. Next one. That's going to be a good one. Texas yeah. Tech Duke. Texas Tech Duke. And Texas Tech is a one-point favorite. That game is going to schedule the tip off at about 739 Mountain, 839 Central. The total is 137. That's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, it's going to be a matchup of Texas Tech defense versus if they do, they're able to keep Duke's guards in front of them, get bodies, and I just don't think Duke likes physical games. No, it, and that's exactly they what don't. I was going to say. I they they don't, and Texas Tech is going to if if they can sense oh. that early and they smell that blood in the water. I think it, if Texas it could get Tech, ugly, yeah, it could. I I don't know if it's going to get ugly. I think Duke has enough offense and they've got enough talent yeah. to keep it. Close. And I don't think Texas Tech has enough offense to blow it open. Yeah, if, if, yeah. If Duke turns it over and they can't handle the pressure, I mean, it could get if they get Texas Tech in transition. I mean, it it could get pretty ugly pretty quick. But yeah. Outside of Mark Williams, I just don't see Duke being that physical of a team. Van Caro, he doesn't like he doesn't like it. Roach is pretty small. I feel like for a point guard, he's not overly big. Griffin's a decent size, but he just seems to sit out on the perimeter. So I I don't know a lot about Duke, but from what I've watched, they don't are they are not a physical team. No, it. And the biggest thing too is what we've I've learned from this tournament is experience. Like, yeah. And uh, Jay Wright talked about it too. Is who's got his team into another Sweet Sixteen, but like the amount, like just getting those young guys in games and getting them though that experience, so like yeah. they know what that feel is and they understand it. You look how I mean, very seldom is a one and done team won a national title. Look at Calipari, he's. The one time he's had once. a – yeah, he's won one national title. Other than that, they've fallen short just because yeah. the moment is almost too big. They get tense. They get nervous. And, and that's whatever. real. That, the, the year they won that, that was not your normal freshman. That was no all-time great. And and it was a uh, – they just – they're and, and the bracket fell their way. Their, their match – the matchups and everything, it fell their way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would argue that Carolina losing Kendall Marshall – before the sweet 16 didn't help. No. And I think that would have been one heck of a championship game between those two, but obviously Carolina lost to Kansas Kansas ended up playing them, but Kansas didn't have enough talent, but yeah, that, I mean, when you have a MVP candidate in Anthony Davis, it's yeah, that, that, that's what it was carried by. And uh, we will move on to the next, uh, to over to the uh, South region because they're going to be having games played on Thursday as well. And uh, first game of the day is, well, we'll actually start. We'll just go uh, break down the uh, first and second rounds and then get into our Sweet 16. Actually, yeah. so that sets up a Gonzaga-Texas Tech Elite Eight with a trip to the Final Four on the line. That'd be, oof, that'd be a good one. That, ah. I think Gonzaga wins. Two completely think, different paces. Yes, I very think, just extreme different. At, and at the end of the game, I think Texas Tech could that game could be played at their pace the whole time. But I think mm-hmm. at the end, Gonzaga just 
they have that a little bit more experience playing together. Gonz- their Texas Tech had a lot of transfers this year. Yeah. And I think Gonzaga is just kind of that team. I think they, they, they're able to generate enough offense and find a way to get into the yeah. Final Four. So. I think they can just they can score in transition and they can score in, in the offensive set too. So I just yep. I I just think Gonzaga is a better team and they can play at either pace. Obviously, transition and up tempo better, but they can still play with the best of them at the regular, regular slower down pace. Yeah, exactly. So both Ethan and I have Gonzaga moving on to the Final Four in New Orleans, and uh, we'll like I said, we'll switch over to the South. Uh, first round, one sixteen. It was Arizona versus Wright State, eighty-seven seventy. Uh, I didn't get to watch any of that game. Arizona just I didn't care to business. Yeah. Seton Hall, TCU, TCU, 69-42, another game I didn't really watch. Sounds like this is another game where lot. it was over at tip. Like, it yeah. was <laughs> – TCU just beat the brakes off them and then kind of pulled off at the end, but they easily could have won by 30. Yeah. Uh, 5-12 matchup, Houston versus UAB, and probably Houston, the team that is playing the bet, playing some of the best of uh, the final teams remaining – just Honestly, Kelvin Sampson should probably be coach of the year in the NCAA. I, I wouldn't fight it. He's oh, loses his top two scores and he moves into the Sweet 16 like nothing. Yeah, 82-68. Uh, Houston did a great job locking down Jelly Walker, limited him to 17 points on 6-18 shooting. Uh, Cougars move on. Uh, 4-13. I, I had a... I had Illinois covering. I didn't really think this game was close. I thought Coburn was going to be a little bit too much. Obviously, I was completely wrong. It was Illinois. Illinois was chasing Chattanooga the entire game. Yeah. Illinois just kind of found themselves up. Uh, Plummer hit a couple big threes towards the end, and that kind of propelled them a little bit. Yep, exactly. And uh, they Chattanooga had a couple of good chances at the end, and just couldn't get it to fall. And yeah. Illinois moved on to the uh, round of 32. And then we've got Colorado State, Michigan. Uh, Ethan, who did you have in this game? opinions on this one, don't we, bud? We, well, it that doesn't matter. Yours was wrong. I was right. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it did not start out great for Michigan. I'm not No, you lie. were scared. You know it. You admitted you were scared. I It, it was going to be a good game. Uh, they did a good job of keeping uh, – Toddy in check, and uh, uh, yes, I think Colorado. Honestly, State when they, they got down fifteen, I thought it was over. Just being down fifteen, hearing all the chatter, these guys don't belong. Like, I thought that would get in their head, but no, they they responded, and boy, did they ever! Yeah, and and they kind of they were able to weather the storm before halftime, get it to a six point game. They kind of it felt like they took control over that final four minutes of the first half, and. Uh, Caleb over. Houston hit some big shots. Musa Diabate played big. Uh, 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 Frankie Collins, freshman point guard, stepped up huge when Devontae yeah. Jones was out. And it was kind of surprised. Yeah. He got, banged, got a concussion in practice. And, yeah, Mich- Michigan just played. Well, Hunter Dickinson did his thing. And, yeah. uh, I mean, Michigan I was a top five. big threes, but Collins won that game for him. Yeah. 100%. He was his energy, his energy, and just Eli Brooks was a steady veteran leader that you look for Mm -hmm. in that fifth year guy. And yeah, it it was, it was an impressive game. I was moved on easy and uh, set up the Tennessee 
Michigan, Tennessee, and because Tennessee beat Longwood, that game was nothing. Ohio State, Loyola, Chicago. We both had Loyola, Chicago winning. And the more yeah. I that game approached, I was thinking, uh, there was too much hype and talk about how Ohio State was done and finished. But in the end, Loyola just doesn't have enough scoring. They didn't have the offensive they hit a power. shot to save their life. Yeah. EJ hey, Liddell yeah. was too much. And Chris Holtman. And Hopkins' his... defense got a lot better. Like they were really, really yeah. good. I mean, I know Loyola was struggling to score, but their defense was solid. Like they were active. Yeah. Well, anytime you can hold a team to 41 points, you're going to set yourself yeah. up in a, for a chance mm-hmm. to win. And then Villanova, Delaware. Delaware held their own. Uh, they got former uh, Orlando Magic point guard Jameer Nelson. His yeah. son is a point guard for Delaware. Kind of makes me feel old. I'm a Magic fan, so get the girl. They played them okay. For yeah, most of the first half, and then Villanova went on the big run and never looked back. But I tell you what, though, that would be a heck of a – that's a heck of an FCS football matchup, Ethan. Heck, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, <laughs> some, that's like a Sweet 16-type uh, matchup. Some there. colonial CAA uh, rivalry action we got going oh, on. Oh, yeah. We'll keep moving on to the uh, round of 32. And the final game of the day on Sunday, that one I was ranting about time arizona tcu phenomenal back and forth what a way to end just throwing haymaker after haymaker and i I thought arizona was dead in the water multiple times yeah i really did and and, well i mean i so i live bet this one i i had it was arizona was up eight and it got to tcu plus seven and i was like the way this game is going is arizona made a run tcu made a run it's gonna just yeah tcu made that run they were up. They should have won. They kind of missed some free throws at the end when they mm-hmm. needed to, which could have iced it. And Matherin, man. Yeah. He was a ball. Oh, my Holy goodness. Cow. He, oh. he should be player of the year. God, did he have some have some dunk. He's, he's a heck of a player. Freaky athlete. Like, stupid good. <laughs> and, yeah, I that was, that that was, was a great really game. game. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, nine seeds this best year for nine seeds is yeah we've seen TCU. You got Memphis. I mean, we're gonna get to, eventually gonna get to North Carolina. It's just like these guys were yeah. ready to play. Yeah, for sure. And then we're well, uh, gonna get TCU at the end of the year. They beat Kansas twice this year, I think. Once, yeah, because maybe I know they, beat, they did. They beat them for I know sure. They beat once. them in TCU because there was uh, they the students stormed the court that game. That's right. And then they played them close at. Uh, at the Jayhawks, but they didn't win. Yeah. But still, good team. Yeah, good team, well coached. And then going on to the Houston Illinois game, Houston just beat the hell out of Illinois. Yeah, and it was just a slug, not even a slugfest. It was just a repeated beating on defense by Houston. Like they, Illinois couldn't do anything. No, and and Illinois had a chance. And this is where we're going to talk about the horrible officiating when uh, Melendez oh, yeah. went dunk. And they call yeah, the technical. Yeah. And that was when Illinois had it going. They had Yeah, a, they had some momentum. They One had some times. momentum going. And then all of a sudden, they call that tech. And that just killed them. And Illinois just yep. couldn't get their psyche back. They Honestly, couldn't. I'm surprised Underwood kept it under control not to get a T himself. Because I would have lost my mind. That was probably one of the worst technicals I've ever seen. And it was interesting because Andre Curbelo did not play in the second half at all. He got and, benched. And they yeah. asked him about terrible it. terrible in the first half. Yeah. He was and and they and Underwood didn't uh, didn't sugarcoat it either. He said 
Well, when they asked the media, asked him after he's like coach's decision. So, yeah. yeah. Well, obviously, would have been no nice. Idea. He was What's so that? bad this year. He shot eighteen percent on threes this year, and he was Ooh. supposed to be like a first team All Big Ten player. He was. I know he had the concussions and stuff, but man, he was awful. And then moving on to Michigan, Tennessee, as Michigan advances to their fifth straight Sweet Sixteen. Hail to the victors, baby! Rick Barnes yeah, so was going to Rick Barnes. I talked myself after the Colorado State game. I fully, I'm back on the Michigan train. I talked myself back into him. Like they're putting it together. Devontae Jones, obviously, he did not play, but Frankie Collins played big. Uh, Eli Brooks, huge, had 23 yeah. points with a beautiful tribute to Kareem, the sky hook. Yeah, the sky hook to basically seal it. That was, that I was, thought, I, didn't, I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? And then it drains it. Oh, I don't know anything. Uh, Dickin, Hunter Dickinson, 27 and 11. He was unbelievable. And Michigan, their defense has been suspect all year, and that's been the reason for They're their inconsistency. Up. They just can't defend. But I think one of the biggest keys that Juwan did is late in that game where they switched to a zone, and Tennessee didn't know what to do. They were just confused and Tennessee and they, didn't go. Well, like Escobie, whatever his name is, they were on him. They were in his pocket all night. Yep. Well, and then right before, yeah, it was after uh, he called Hunter Dickinson too small, and that yeah, fired yeah, him up. That number, and, yeah, that big seven footer. Yeah, and, and Tennessee obviously went two of eighteen, but for the most part of that game, Michigan did a really good job with perimeter defense. And then, yeah, I don't. You just sometimes when you see the ball, just never go in the. Yeah, they can test the everything. It's just your. Because Tennessee had some really good looks late in that game. It just didn't mm-hmm. go in. Because I, I was watching. I was like, I see it go up. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, yes. Didn't go in. And they got a rebound. I mean, they missed them all game. Chance they, points. And, they ain't going to fall as easily at, that late. So, I mean, it makes a lot of sense they missed them. But great Michigan credit. They they played fantastic defense. Yeah. And then uh, final game in the South region, Ohio State, Villanova. Villanova advances 71-61. A game Villanova was really in control, I felt, the whole game. Ohio State had a later comeback, but Colin Gillespie, uh, center 43, whose name is escaping me right now, hit a couple big threes. He's not one that can do it, but he's going to make teams respect it and make you come out and go and, like, at least put a hand in his face. Yeah. And uh, that brings us to the Sweet 16 matchup here in the South region. That's going to be played in San Antonio. And we have in the first game there, that's going to be tipping off at about 530 Mountain Time. It's Villanova, Michigan. Villanova's a five-point favorite. The total over-under is 135. I'm, I'm back on the board, the Michigan train. This is a rematch of the 2018 national title game in the same town. Different location. This isn't in the Alamo Dome. This is at the AT&T Center where the Spurs play. Michigan, I, uh, Caleb Houston did not play well. He was 0 of 4, 0 of 3 from 3. And he's kind of been alternating where first game against Colorado State, he hit three threes, hit some big shots. Yet uh, against Tennessee, he didn't do much. Michigan, I think Caleb Houston hit some big shots. Michigan is able to weather Villanova's threes. They're able to keep them in check and kind of be keep that physical defense that they've been playing the first two rounds. I think they find a way to do it. And I think they move on to the Elite Eight. I'm fully on board. I'm, I'm staying with Frankie Collins. I mean, 
he is building some serious confidence right now. Even I, I didn't watch him a ton in the Tennessee game, but I, he probably made more plays. I mean, he's going to carry that momentum from the Colorado State game the rest of the term. He's only going to get better. Yeah, he's a stud well, freshman. Like, and that's the thing that we talked about earlier is the experience. Like the the experience he's getting is you can't put a value on it because he just no he just knows that he's not afraid of the moment. You look at a guy like Eli Brooks who's he was on that 2018 national championship runner-up team where they lost to Villanova. Uh, Hunter Dickinson went deep in the deep. They have experience and Michigan at the start of the year was a top five team. So was Villanova. It's yeah. just, I think on paper, Michigan probably has better players, Yeah, but Villanova just honest. plays so much better as a team. Jay They're Wright just team. has that yeah. team. They're just a good team, but they never have that big guy. They never have that no. huge that- they have like a bridges, you know, like a nice six, seven, six, eight guys, yeah. long arms. They don't have a guy that can bang consistently with Dickinson. That they just don't like Dickinson very well could dominate this game. Yeah. I, I, that's another part I think of too. And, and another part of March is if you have a, if you have a solid center and a good point guard, you have potential guard play wins in March. Yep, exactly. And yeah, I, like I said, I, I like Michigan. I think they, they win. They move on to the elite eight. And uh, we are one step closer to getting to Davison. Yes. So we will, uh, we'll, we'll hold off on that one for just uh, once we get into the Wisconsin <laughs> game, but we, we, we do have an ex, a new bet added to our bracket pool for uh, this one on top of the Fogo de Chow meal. Uh, but we will uh, switch over to the uh, second game on Thursday in San Antonio, Arizona, Houston, Arizona is a one and a half point favorite. Uh, totals 145. That game's scheduled to tip off about eight mountain time. It's it's gonna, I think this is gonna be a low scoring defensive battle, to be honest. Honestly, I, like I know I pick Gonzaga to win, but whoever wins this game might win the whole damn thing. And, and the it biggest really question, feels like that. Yes. And the biggest question I have right now is will this is Houston gonna be able to generate generate enough offense to go with uh, Matherin and yeah. Kerr and those other guys that Arizona has. That's going to be the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Uh, see if Houston's physical nature can get into Arizona's head because T- yeah. they gave TC, TCU gave them plenty of problems. And that game yeah. down, down below was physical. Mm-hmm. Both of these teams are uber athletic. Like yeah. Houston's guys, they're all like 6'6 six, six to 6'7 six, just – freaky guys that can just run like gazelles and jump like a freaking kangaroo it's insane like some of the plays they made in that illinois game were just like how how does a human do that the one same thing with arizona because yeah houston that was the play where ball was going out of bounds and the guy jumps in throws it that's definitely going to be a one shining moment play yeah Yeah. it was just it was unbelievable yeah and yeah i i can't wait for thursday it's going to be a fun it's going to be fun fun and then we'll uh we'll switch over to the east bracket uh start with first round games baylor norfolk state baylor defending champions just took care of business there wasn't much yep. same with uh, carolina marquette carolina was in Man, control carolina, from the jump they destroyed them that was just an absolute sorry for the language ass kicking that was insane <laughs> yeah nope no one need to apologize uh 512 matchup st mary's indiana so Indiana was up 17-13 with like, I can't remember how much it was to play. And then 
quote you, it, it was Mary's an absolute St. Mary's ass kicking the rest of the yeah. way. 82. This was the most impressive win to me in the entire first round. Like these guys, like Indiana was hot. They might have been the hottest team in the country at this point. And St. Mm-hmm. Mary's came in and just whipped them. Yeah, I had I had Indiana winning, and then all of a sudden I look kind of watching the ticker. Oh, I I watched St. Mary's play once first Gonzaga, and that was enough to pick them over Indiana. But it was because I made my official Twitter account a Indiana account through the rest of March, so it was kind of hard to go against that. But at the end of the day, it's all about making the best bracket, which I still didn't do. Yeah. <laughs> and then move, moving on to UCLA Akron, that was that was a really good game. UCLA yeah. Akron I, I felt like Akron was in control for most of that game. And then UCLA just kind of flipped the switch. They were able to get control late. Uh, uh, UCLA found themselves ahead and they were able to close out the game and get stops. Next and one was good too. Texas, Virginia tech. That was Texas, back and forth. Yeah, that was back and forth. It felt like Texas was in control. Most of that game, they were up, they were up 11 at halftime. Virginia Tech came back. I believe they might have taken the lead at a brief point in time. Yeah, that was the game that Carr hit the half court shot, wasn't it? Or was that the next game? No, that was that. That was the. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the Virginia Tech game. Yeah, yeah. They took that momentum to start the second half. Yeah, and then uh, Purdue, Yale, uh, Purdue. I don't know how much they were challenged. I felt like looking Um, at the ticker. it wasn't great. It wasn't like a super, super close game. But, I mean, Jaden Ivey was just Jaden Ivey. He just kind of took over. Zach yeah. Eady, obviously, you only can have anyone to stop him. So, it's kind of just took a little bit, but they, they destroyed him later on. Yeah, and then uh, another great game in the first round was Fantastic. Murray State, San Francisco. Another game, I believe that game ended Thursday. Uh, Murray State, in overtime, was able to come away 92-87. And... It was just a yeah, it was a back and forth back game. And forth. Murray State, I did not realize was 31 and 2 going into this game. Yeah, they haven't lost in 2022. Yeah. Literally. And uh similar to another team we will talk about later yeah. too. Uh exactly. Jordan Skipper Brown had a putback with about 30 seconds left that got it uh that when they were up 287, it was 8785 at the time he got a putback, got it 91. And <clears throat> yeah, and UCLA or uh, Murray State was able to move on, and that brings Possible. us to the final final game nope. of the first round. Cool, Cinderella, the slipper fits, Ethan. Saint oh, Peter, it, it fits, it fits well. Out of Jersey City, New Jersey, literally didn't even know where they were. Kentucky, nobody did. 85-79. The Peacocks talent, move on. Talent. This is a bigger upset than when UMBC beat Virginia from a talent perspective, like Virginia doesn't have the five stars. Like you probably had 10, five stars, eight, five stars on that Kentucky roster. Well, and, and the other got, part, the beat. other aspect of that too is Kentucky actually had quite a few guys that were stuck around. It wasn't the one and dones of a lot Whoa. of Calipari's past. It Whoa. was that, but um, Kentucky, St. Peter's did a good job of keeping this game close. And they were a good guys, team. Yeah, they are. They're fundamental. They play together. They play really well. Uh, Shaheem Holloway is one hell of a coach. I'm he's going to be coaching somewhere else. I'm sure I know yeah. the Seton Hall job yeah. is open, so yeah, he could I mean, be going back to his alma mater. And it was yeah, it was I was shocked because they just they Kentucky was in the lead for a good portion of it. 
And then St. Peter's just kind of hung around, hung around. Well, I wasn't even paying end, attention. And then you texted me, is, is, are they, is St. Peter's going to pull it off? I'm like, what is this guy talking about? Like, it's a 15-2. There's no way. I look at the score, and then I watch it, and I was just like, holy shit. Well, and a lot of people, too, had Kentucky predicted. They said they were the most talented oh, yeah. team in the tournament, and it's just another Calipari fail, which he has Outside a lot of. that one of. run, he's, he hasn't done a lot. No, no, and it was, yeah, I can't, can't believe it, but. Here we are. So March. second round game, defending champion Baylor. We're going to have a new champion this year, Ethan. Oh, Baylor yeah. almost completed the comeback. They were down 25, able to tie it, get it to overtime. Game. That game flipped when Brady Manick got ejected. And you can blame the refs if you want, but if you're up 25 with yeah. 14 minutes left, you that's embarrassing. You can't you you can't blame the refs for that. And it was ba- and Baylor. A lot of it, like Meyer was in foul trouble. They had a lot of guys in yeah. foul trouble. Yeah. And at the end, they just kind of ran out of gas. R.J. Davis hit some big shots. Baycott stepped up big. That layup R.J. Davis made to kind of yeah. seal it was stupid. Uh, and, how you make that, I don't know. Yeah, Carolina is just playing. That Duke some- game catapulted them. Like, I know yep. they didn't win the ACT tournament, but they are, they might be playing the best basketball in the country right now. They are soaring. And and uh, Grant did predict that game. He so did. Kudos that, to you, Grant. He, he was, he was the that. only one that predicted it of us three. I, I was going to change it after he was talking, and I probably should have, but I didn't. Oh, well, everyone nah. makes mistakes. It is what it is. Uh, and then going this next game was interesting to me, though. Yeah, St. Mary's UCLA. I, I didn't really Almost know I had UCLA. One eighty of how they played in the first round. Yeah, and UCLA uh, 72-56 beat St. Mary's. I think uh, Juzang and Tiger Campbell they they're clicking at the right time and they're ready to gear it up for. Uh, I think they got revenge on their mind down in uh, the yeah. Big Easy. And UCLA's defense was elite that game. Like they yeah. were really really good. Mick Cronin's a great coach, which. Yeah, it's crazy because there suits. were a lot of people that were not happy with that hire, but yeah, I think is fun. you, myself, and Grant were about the only ones that said this. This hire actually makes sense. Yeah, he's a defensive-oriented guy. He's always was at Cincinnati. I mean, his team plays well, like they always do. Yeah, and he's. Good I mean, coach. he's obviously in a good recruiting area in Los Angeles. So yeah, it yeah kind of hard to he, mess up recruiting at UCLA. I feel like. It, well, I mean, it's been done so. True. This is true. Um, but yeah, and, and UCLA's just been a steady team all year. They've kind of just they haven't exceeded expectations. They haven't been lower, but yeah, they've been they've there. just kind of rode steady and just keep finding themselves in the uh advanced the, their second straight sweet sixteen. And the next game, Texas Purdue, and this is a crazy stat to me. Purdue took more free throws than field goals they shot 46 free throws and 43 field goals Jaden Ivey just delivered haymaker after haymaker anytime Texas had it close Jaden Ivey he's probably the most NBA ready player in college basketball just the way he can isolate he can do he can do everything defensive uh coming around screens isolation like he can do it all like he is an incredible player yeah and it was, yeah, he's going to, if, if they make the final four, it's going to be behind him. And, oh, 100%. And then the final game here in the East bracket, 
is Murray State, St. Peter's, and the Peacocks. This game was I, – I thought Murray – I kind of – I had Murray State covering this game. They were seven-point favorites, and – This didn't even feel like an upset. No. Murray uh, – St. Oh. Peter's was in control that entire game. It, and every, the, whole, the whole game. And, and yeah, it was – and getting that – those Florida Gulf Coast vibes – with uh, uh, even more, like it might be I too. Feel like Florida Gulf Coast hit some pretty crazy shots. Like these guys are just—they're they, number eleven. I can't—I don't know how to say his name, but, but he damn near had ten blocks. Like yeah, it was just insane. Doug, a new Doug, day or something. I—I I, I don't yeah. know, but it—he's really good. And then he got Eater, the guy with the crazy beard and their mustache, whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, Doug, but, Doug, Dougie, Doug. Yeah, good guy. Yep. But no, they're a fun team. I'm. I, I, I don't think they're going to beat Purdue, but no cool story. Yeah. Yeah. So we will, yeah, we'll just actually transition over to that game. Uh, they are the first game in the East bracket. The game is going to be played in Philadelphia. Uh, game is starting at five Oh nine mountains, six Oh nine central. Nice. Uh, that game is going to be played. These games are going to be played Friday. Purdue opens as a 12 and a half point favorite. The total is one thirty six. I think Jaden Ivy is just going to be a little bit too much. I think, I think St. Peter's Zach plays good. I think St. Peter's plays plays them tough enough to where it's close for. I bet you. I think it could be close for about thirty minutes of the forty, and yeah. I think at That's the right. end, uh, Purdue's size, Jaden Ivy just kind of takes over and ends oh. this Cinderella run. But it, as it great was as fun it was, while it lasted. Yeah. It has to end at some point. This isn't yep. a BCU run, unfortunately. I don't think. No. <laughs> uh, and then that's going to take us to the second game in Philadelphia. That game is scheduled to tip off at 739 Central – or 739 Mountain, 839 Central. Uh, shoot, I forgot to write the total down on that. But uh, UCLA, I believe, is a two-point favorite. And this game is going to come down to, I think, uh, the – Carolina's defense has been kind of inconsistent. This tournament, it's been really good. Uh, UCLA, if they they got to keep Baycott in check. Uh, I I like UCLA in this game. I just think they've been the more consistent team. I trust Mick Cronin a little bit more than Herbert da- Hubert Davis right now. I, I trust him a lot more than Hubert Davis. We'll like, see what happens. Yeah, well, yeah. And he made some really questionable calls. Like, even – End of regulation. You have what? Twelve seconds. They R.J. Davis dribbles around and then chucks up a, a twenty-eight footer. It's After like, they took a timeout. What are we doing? Like, After they call a timeout, like what are you doing, Hubert? Like, I don't know. Maybe the player didn't listen to the play. I don't know, but it's just, it's questionable to say the least. Well, and part of it, I don't. Sometimes I don't get is is like, you, you take a timeout for that, like, like and, the and they point? had another po- a timeout in their back pocket. Like, you're not going to yeah. be able to keep them, so. If there's nothing going on, don't be afraid to take one with five seconds. Yeah. Like you're going to get the ball yeah. on your side. Drive to the paint. I don't know. Do something other than try to chuck a 28-footer. Yeah. And help. Exactly. And, no, uh, I think I'm with you. I think I'm going, I'm going UCLA, too. At some point, North Carolina's uh, thing has to end. And I don't know. They, they got pretty lucky. They played really well, but they also got pretty lucky in that Baylor game. Yeah. And uh, – so that's going to set up UCLA Purdue in this uh, in the Elite Eight matchup. That's going to be played Sunday. Uh, still don't know a time yet, but 
can Matt, this is the game. Can Matt Painter finally get over the hump or does Mick yeah, Cronin can he, can set himself Get rid up? of his inner demons. Yeah, get, get rid of his inner demons. Uh, can Jaden Ivey not turn into Carson Edwards from 2019? I like his chances. I like I like UCLA in this matchup. I just because I picked them in the final to go to the final four. That's fair. Uh, I like Juzang, Juzang, uh, Tiger Campbell. I think those two. Uh, I think their top two players are better than Purdue's top two, and I think that's just enough to propel them over and get them set them up for a matchup of one of the best final four or college basketball games we've ever seen in a rematch of last year's national semifinal yeah. between Gonzaga and UCLA. Yeah, barn burner. Yeah. With a uh, another Minnesotan hitting a big shot. Chad Holmgren, huh? He's going to hit a big no, one? No, from last year's game. Oh, yeah, Suggs. Yeah, he hit, yeah. Yeah. Just a half-court shot to the, for the win. Nothing big, no big deal or anything. Yep. And then uh, we'll, we'll switch over to the – switch over to the Midwest bracket. Uh, Kansas is the one seed. They played Texas Southern. Uh, wasn't much of a game. Kansas takes nope. that one, 83-56. 8-9, San Diego State, Creighton. This was a game San Diego State was in control of for the majority yeah. of this game. At but least Creighton, on the five-minute mark, it felt like. Creighton just like they've done all year where they just they, they just kind of hang around, hang around, hang Good around, boy. and then they find themselves in the in the game. They're able to make shots, get stops in overtime, and yeah. uh, advance on 72-69. McDermott's one of the most underrated, underrated coaches in the country, and it's not even close. Yeah. Like, he is a really good coach. And players are starting to notice because he's starting to get some higher-level recruits. Yeah, they're missing their point guard. He, yeah. his, Their point guard was a stud. He's done. Like, he ain't playing, and that's that was an impressive win. And now this brings us to a 5-12 matchup as much oh, what of a, a – great day. As much of a Gopher fan as Ethan is, he is an Iowa alum. So, did this crush you a little bit that no, Richmond, not, the not Spiders I mean, of Richmond beat the Hawkeyes 67-63? No, I had Iowa in the Sweet 16, but at the end of the day, who hates Iowa? You know, we hate Iowa. So, uh, it was it was a good day. A big Spider fan on uh, whatever day that was. I can't remember, but it was it was no. That was a good game. Richmond just Richmond made more plays. Iowa's guards really couldn't do anything outside of Keegan Murray. It was yeah. Iowa kind of like the, to it was the Iowa from two months ago, where they where it was just Keegan and no one else. When it was it, it was Fran and out. March, Ethan. That's what it was. It could have been Fran and March too, because God <laughs> knows that never goes well. So that's not yeah. a good combo. Yes, and then that brings us to a four thirteen match of. This one's Providence, sad. South Dakota State, and this is another I really I was bad, surprised. bad, bad I, call. I picked South Dakota State to win out of respect for Coach Henderson because I do know him a little bit. Like I Good said guy. in the previous podcast, yeah, tremendous guy. Uh, he was an assistant at NDSU when Ethan and I were both going to school there. I was a manager for the basketball team, so I know him, but. It, it, it's classic South Dakota State in sports in any big game. The moment's just too big for them. They aren't the NDSU. They just can't <laughs> handle. They just can't handle the moment, and they tense up and they choke. And I, I will say that South Dakota that, State's still looking for their first win. NDSU has yeah, two. That's true. That's fair. Oklahoma win, uh, but no, that was that three point foul at the end was brutal. 
Providence stuck his leg out. Yeah. Not lucky. But I mean, there's still like again, there's no guarantee South Dakota State would have scored, but at least it would have made it a hell of a lot more interesting. Well, and, and Providence did a good job defending. Like it the, Baylor Shireman struggled. Yeah. Uh, they they did a good job of keeping a lot of those guys in check. And uh yeah. Providence at the end of the day, I think was just more physical and tougher than yeah, South Dakota were, State was. Yeah. That, South Dakota State just couldn't get that second or third guy to score. The Wilson had a really good game, but after that, it was just kind of hit and miss. And so much of it, too, I think, is we become prisoner of the moments where, you know, South Dakota State, they haven't lost since December. They were on a 20, 21-22 game win yeah. streak. I guess Providence, they won the Big East regular season, and then they went one and done in the conference tournament. And sometimes I think sometimes these teams that have really good conference schedules, I think they just get worn out. Yeah, and they're just sick of playing the teams they play all the time. It's just they just need some fresh blood, fresh meat, and yeah. and I think that's that, that's been the case of what Providence is because they're just a tough, gritty team. I think they used a lot of the motivation for people saying SDSU should be a popular upset pick, and oh, I, and he absolutely used that in in their yes. preparation. Yeah, Ed, Ed Cooley played the played the underdog role of, and he said yeah. it when he was talking with the media. He said nobody yeah. expects it's us really- to win. And yeah, he said that before the game. Yeah. Not even after, before. And I heard that too. And I'm like, damn it. Now Providence is going to win. Probably. But, but I still went with it because, I mean, yeah. sometimes got to go for the Summit League in general. Yeah. And then moving on Next to the one. 6-11 game, LSU-Iowa State. Obviously, LSU had in some turmoil that letting their coach Will Wade go before the uh, start of the tournament. Uh, they this game felt like Iowa State was in control most of it. Uh, LSU kind of had a late rally, but yeah, it kind of went as I thought it would. Just like a not a high scoring, really a lot of bricks. Probably the most bricks we saw in the tournament. They a lot of threes that did not go in. Yeah, but yeah. Iowa State they pulled it out. I mean, uh, Brockington had a pretty good game that game, but um, yeah, they played well enough to win. Yeah, exactly. And then. Uh, the 3-4-14 game, Wisconsin-Colgate, 67-60 Wisconsin. Colgate Gosh. was – Colgate hung around. They made it a game. Uh, I might end, have been Colgate's I, biggest fan on Friday night, to be honest it, with you. you. You were. You were. I was pretty pumped. Johnny Davis came alive in the second half, and that kind of just propelled them uh, over the top. Yeah. To, uh, That's four minutes second, Wisconsin really just took over. Second round. And then another really good game that I don't – think a lot of people got to see was or watched there it wasn't discussed a whole lot that happened on Friday was a 7-10 matchup between USC Miami Miami was able to pull it out uh yeah, this is like a mid-afternoon yep uh Charlie Moore had hit two free throws with three seconds left uh, it was kind of a back and forth there was eight lead changes in the final really 11 minutes uh Miami was really led by Isaiah game. Wong who scored 22 uh, I, I like this Miami team. Uh, they, they're they playing. They're clicking. Uh, uh, and then the 215 game, Auburn beats Jack State 80-61. It wasn't – I think Jacksonville State actually hung around a little bit, but Auburn's yeah. talent was just a little bit too much. And then we will uh, move over back to the top of the bracket. Kansas-Creighton, another great game. Another – Similar classic Creighton, yeah, where just just hung around. Right. Kansas would go on runs, Creighton would come back tight. They just couldn't quite get over the hump. And in the end, yeah. Kansas's talent was just 
these, too much these schools don't like each other. These two no. really don't like each other. I mean, I know they're in different conferences. Like, really, Creighton doesn't have any other sports besides that that they're really, like, elite at. But these schools hate states, basketball. Yeah, so they despise each probably other. Probably Kansas doesn't want to play Creighton. No, they will never schedule them. Yeah, exa- well, exactly. And then going on, Richmond, Providence, like we said, Providence is on a mission. Make yeah, they quick just work of Richmond, 79-51. Yep. I believe, is it Richmond's coach who's the new Maryland guy? Um, No, uh, Seton Hall. Seton Hall, Willard. okay. Yeah, Kevin Willard. Good coach. Who did Richmond? Richmond's coach just got hired by somebody, though. Oh, I have no idea. Maybe not. I didn't see that. But Maybe uh, LSU. Oh, that's I know they hired was. someone today. Okay. okay. That might be it. That could be it, too. I can't. We're not Richmond experts. Uh, Iowa State, Wisconsin. Fun game. Yes. Yeah, so I know this crushed Ethan's heart that Brad Davison's college career is dead. But as I uh, we're, we were doing a little foreshadowing that da- uh, Brad Davison's career might be dead, but Davison Price is still alive. So yeah, he, he's still up there. He's still there. So we added a bet because Ethan was not a fan, was not a fan of Michigan being in this tournament. They're in, they're in the sweet 16. So after the Colorado state game, I just kind of threw this out here that Ethan, if Michigan wins the national title, you have to get a cat and we get to name it. So if Michigan wins a national title, Ethan has to get a cat and the cat's name is going to be Ethan. It's going to be Davison. I mean, yes, it is. I hate the guy, and that's putting it lightly. <laughs> like, well, like, I, I honestly almost wish he almost had another year of eligibility just so I could yell at him at the barn one more time. But at the same time, his last shot was an air ball, so really he can go piss off. Yeah, well, that, that's – you hate to see it. Uh, I'm not mad about it. That, that game really kind of flipped when uh, – the Hepburn got hurt for Wisconsin yep. and they just didn't have enough. Um, and honestly, Johnny Davis couldn't guard Kalsher. No, Kalsher, no, yeah, had, and that, that, know, that's Louis, yeah, it was over 20, but Kalsher played like Louisville. What would have that been? 2019, 2018 Louisville NCAA tournament, yeah, for the Gophers. He yeah. was unbelievable. His mid range game was just crazy, which, yeah, Kalsher, yeah, awful I think he had ended up with what 27. Yeah. Just, he just – just any time Wisconsin would make a run, he'd seem to hit a big shot. And Yeah. And he hates Wisconsin. So, I mean, there was yeah. some fire there. He, he, did, even he, said he didn't even shy away from saying it. No, he straight up said after the game, I hate Wisconsin. So, I mean, you could tell he was out for blood that game. Yeah. And uh, moving on to the final game in the uh, second round of the Midwest region, Miami with the upset of Auburn. I don't know how much of an upset it is because I did say Miami was going to beat Auburn. Auburn outside of Auburn was just not very good. And yep. it was a, it was a back and forth game. Uh, Miami was in control for most of it. Auburn got back and there was a sequence with about four fifteen left just before the under four timeout where it was back and forth. There was, it was, it was like, Back to back on both ends, blocks at the rim, and and in the end, Miami was able to get about a fifteen foot jumper, and then you could just tell Auburn was gassed, and at the, my the Auburn still had three timeouts left, and it was just 
like I said, it was just a helter-skelter, back-and-forth type of game, and Auburn was just gassed, and there was just no ball movement, and they hook up a three where I thought Bruce Pearl should have taken a timeout and just got everybody some fresh legs, got them to relax, kind of set something up, because it was an important part of the game, because at that point, even before it was it was a six-point game, then Miami hit that shot to go up eight, there's still, I mean, an eight-point game with under with three and a half minutes left. That's that's a lot of time to make make, make up. Yeah. And after that, Auburn was done, and they just kept giving. Um, they just gave up some dunks and just. That was that. Yeah, and Miami moved on, and oh, man, that's going to set up the Sweet Sixteen matchup here in the Midwest region, played at the United Center in Chicago. And first game. That game is going to be played Friday as well. Uh, games are Friday. First game is Kansas Providence, 529 Mountain Time tip. Uh, Kansas is a seven and a half point favorite. Total is 141 and a half. And I got to tell you, I like Providence. I already have them covering. I'm... Okay. And Providence in close games is 11 and two in games that are five points or less. Kansas does not have a point guard or a big man and it's bill self in March. Yeah. I'm, I'm still going to roll with Kansas. I think Abaji has his get right game. He's kind of, he hasn't, he hasn't been very good the first couple games. He's just kind of first game. He was awful. Second game. He was better, but I think this is his get right game. I think he's probably going to, I'm going to say 30 plus he's going to, he's going to go off. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. My, I, my like I said, I like Providence covering the seven and a half. But yeah, I'm I'm not sure if I want to say I like I said, I think you're right to hear where I think that Kansas is able to uh they I think they their their talent just gets enough to get the uh send the Friars home and yeah and move that on to the Elite Eight but Kansas. Actually, no, you know what? Screw it. I I'm going Providence is gonna win. I'm going Providence wins. Oh, it's up. Bill All Self right. in March. I just I like I, it. I can't trust the guy. I just don't yeah. trust him. And that's going to set up that's interesting. the Iowa State-Miami. That game is set to tip off at about 8 Mountain, 9 Central. Oh, these are some late games. Yeah. And that game is Friday. Well, well, it's Friday. Uh, I think it's very important for Iowa State to get out to a fast start and start strong because if they don't, yeah. I think Miami runs them out of the building. I, I like Miami at – Miami two and a half point favorites. I like them covering. Yep. I think I, Miami wins. I want to take Iowa State, but I just don't think they can score enough. Yeah, exactly. I, really I think don't. they do. The Miami, on, Miami on defense does enough to keep Kalishar in check and yeah. move on to the elite. Uh, that eight. place is going to be filled with cycling fans, though. I mean, that's oh, probably yeah. like six and a half, seven hour drive only. Like, it's going to be loud. Like, it's going to be extremely pro Iowa State, obviously, but. Iowa State fans travel, and it's going to be loud in there. So we'll see if that has a factor. But I just don't see Iowa State scoring enough. Yeah. And so that, well, for for myself, it sets up Providence-Miami in the Elite Eight. Ed Cooley versus Jimmy Laranega. Ed Cooley is still looking for that first Final Four. Jimmy is uh, looking to – and he – this – oh, no, it, not quite, but – he was he made it to the final four as an 11 seat as the head coach of George Mason back in 2000. Oh yeah, 2006. And that was a good run too. 
that that's gonna that promises to be one hell of a game too. These yeah. well, obviously we I mean we sound like a broken record where they all do uh both right. teams very experienced. It's just different. Yep. Yeah. yeah. With that or extra year eligibility transfer portal, like I think you're gonna see this trend going too, where you're gonna see a lot more guys staying, especially with the name, image, and likeness as well, because yeah, there's a lot of guys good. that are really good college basketball players that they people don't project to be really good in the NBA. So they could still make a good amount of money in college, still playing for four years. I think you're you will I think we're gonna be seeing a transition back to you see more guys stay like you did in the 90s yeah. and the 80s. Yep. And 100%. I I, I I like the way this Miami team's playing. I think Miami, the 10 seed, finds their way into a final four. That'd be awesome. Be really cool. Good, insane story. Yep. So we, uh, I, did we cover, I know we had, we didn't do the Elite Eight matchup for the South, did no, we? No, we never did do the, whoever we thought, whoever, Villanova, Arizona, or Villanova, Houston, whoever, whoever we choose. Okay, yeah. Um, so, well, did, like I said, I have Michigan, and I think, I'd like. Oh, yeah, we, we did say Michigan. You're right. Yep, I did, and I I like. This is tough. I don't know what I want to do here in this Arizona Houston game. I mean, I'll let you, know you go you and let me, me think Davison. on it. Just go Michigan. What's that? You want me to get Davison, so just pick Michigan at this point. I mean, well, no, well, I already said Michigan's beating Villanova. Yeah, I'm saying I, I haven't decided this Arizona Houston. I haven't decided who okay, Michigan okay. beats on the Davison Price tour. Got fair. And actually, you know what? I'm going to go because in 2018, Michigan beat Houston on a phenomenal game on a Jordan buzzer beater. And Michigan lost to Arizona earlier this season. They got the doors blown off, actually. It was not close. Where was that? Was that in Bahamas? I don't, I don't know. It was ugly. I didn't, I didn't want to watch. And (laughs) so I think Arizona is able to, has just enough offense to beat Houston. Michigan in a revenge game beats Arizona. They go to the final four, setting up an 11-10 matchup in the final four in the big easy. Jawan that has to Howard, be the biggest like combined seeding line ever for a final four if it happens. Yeah. So in my final four, updated final four, I have Gonzaga, UCLA, Miami, and Michigan. There you go. That's quite the final four. It it is. I hey, it's March, baby. We sleep in May. Yep. Yeah. Um, my updated one will be Gonzaga, and then I'll. Man, I said UCLA. I'll stick with UCLA, and then uh, Kansas, Arizona. I'll be. I'll go the two combined seed line. You'll do your twenty-one. So we're on very different yeah. spectrums there. It's March. Crazy yeah. Things happen. So we're gonna be wrong anyway. So it doesn't matter. Exactly. I'm just, I'm just glad it's back. We can watch it and put a bow yep. on this show. Ethan, you got any good shows you're uh, watching on Netflix? Uh, I or finished Yellowstone. Um, so I'm waiting on that new season. Jeez, uh, what else? I mean, The Resident. I, I love my medical shows. Um, Gray's <laughs> The Resident. Uh, there's a new one, Transplant, if you want to see that good one. Okay. But uh, no, I mean, there's some good ones out there. Who knows? Maybe I'll restart uh, One Tree Hill. Classic. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I uh, I started watching Winning Time on HBO Max with about the okay. uh, about the Lakers. It's I'm on. I just watched oh, episode yeah. three, and they uh, John C. Riley plays Dr. Jerry Buss. 
Got some new actors. Pat Riley was just introduced. He's trying to get in with the Lakers. Uh, you originally wanted to be a broadcaster, and that's kind of where he's at now. Magic Johnson just made it out to L.A. He's he's having his fun. Does he and, have AIDS yet? Uh, not yet. No. Nope, okay. Nope. nope. <laughs> but he uh, it's his rookie year. So, and then the uh, Jerry Bus or Jerry West, excuse me, just resigned as head coach of the Lakers. So Jerry's out. Jerry Bus is out trying to figure out who he wants to get. And right now he's trying to court Jerry Tarkanian. So oh wow, You're we will. Tark. Uh, so yep, from UNLV. And it ends with Jerry uh, Tark's agent, uh, Vic Weiser, his guy, best friend, confidant. I don't know what it officially it was, but he, they, it ends with the police finding him in the backseat of his trunk shot. So okay. uh, I'm, I'm excited to keep watching. It's been good so far. And we will uh, obviously be come back next. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Uh, Grant is going to be joining us again. And then Ethan will also be joining us. Well, I will Grant be on a beat. Florida last week, but Ethan's going to be a Florida man this week. So, yep. We're going to have a good time. We're going to be drinking some, some nice uh, rum runners or some fruity drink on the beach, watching basketball all weekend. So we're going to be living life. Can't complain. So, all it's right. Be we will, uh, we will talk to you next week. Thanks, Ethan. You bet. We'll see you later, my man. Welcome back. Thanks again to Ethan for joining the Degress Podcast. Good stuff as always. Make sure you tune into next week's episode when the whole gang will be back together. Ethan and Grant will be joining me to help break down the games that were and preview the Final Four National Championship game. Might talk more NFL free agency, MLB free agency, if anything big breaks there. You can listen to the Degress Podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. The video version is available on YouTube under my name, Dylan Gress, or the Degress Podcast. The link will also be in the description. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Degress. I also just launched a TikTok account. You can also follow me there with under the same name at the Degress. I'll be posting short clips of the podcast and other content on there, so stay tuned. Once again, thank you for listening. We'll try to do better next time and talk to you next week. Gress out.